check. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode of The Backbone. This is a music podcast all about the heavy music scene in Australia. I am joined today by a man who thinks that Five Finger Death Punch are a half-decent band. But before he says a word, I just want to say, and I want to ask the question of who are you liking right now in the heavy music scene? What are you liking? Is there any particular bands? And um, in general, what are you thinking? Don't worry about it, Nate. I'm going to cut you off right there because Polaris are the best band in Australia right now. I'm saying that right now. There is no better band. Okay, maybe second best. Northland are the best band in Australia. Polaris are the second best. That is my big call straight away. Big call. There is no band right now that makes me want to punch somebody in the face as hard as Polaris. And you can take any chugcore band and any fucking heavy band aside, they are the best. Am I, am I wrong? They are at the moment. They are very fresh. Have you heard Consume? Have you heard it much? I have heard Consume. I've seen it live, and I think it's a belter. How, well, we'll get into the live thing soon. How good is this song? This is something that I, you know, people say that Polaris are a band. I say that they're, you know, if Northlane and... Architects had a baby and the baby smoked some meth for a little bit. That's probably what Polaris that sound is like. Polaris. They have one of the best clean singers in the world. They have, well, maybe in the country, maybe not the world, yeah. but they have one of the best screamers who does highs and lows incredibly well. Their guitar tones are just Unbelievable. incredible. Drumming fantastic Their drumming's incredible. Like they're just, they're really, they're almost the full package and they, they are. are very fucking young. What's the ceiling for these guys right now? It's massive. Well, with the scene booming as it is in Australia, I think Polaris, the world's at their feet. It's a massive single that they've released, and so far with their EP, they are the world is at their feet, Nick. And I think they are definitely in the top two bands in Australia, as you say. I, I, so you're just going to come I'm out. I'm not str- talking crap. I think they are they, really that good. It's just something that you know this band, their EP, the Guilt and the Grief. It's funny when it first came out, I didn't want to listen to it too much because you I didn't just, because it was just like I felt like I was just you know giving into the hype. And then I listened to it about six months later, and I thought because I'm a hipster, and I thought you're that I'm just getting, <laughs> and I thought I'm going to give it a crack now. This is the EP is probably the best EP since the last Static Revenue EP, which we won't get into. Too we much. will not <laughs> avoid, avoid, avoid. And so, like, this is just unbelievable, isn't it? it? There's not a bad track on this EP. It is not. Like, it's we're not going to do a review on that, of course, but it's just something that you know this band and you see bands like Ocean Grove and like I'm just going to chuck them in. Yo, know, uh, they release an EP Black Label, which was pretty good. I it thought. Was, yep. Then they br- they bring out arguably their best song, depending who you are, like some kind of lover. Yep. And then they bring out an average album, and I That's don't. The thing. And I'm thinking that they're you know, while they are a gra- great band, they have a massive ceiling. Polaris to me just seem like they're not going to put a foot wrong anytime soon. Yeah, they well, don't. They're just so good. They're technically they're the best band besides Northland. And I. 100% agree with that, but I do have that fear after listening to Ocean Grove's new album. Like, it's a complete change of genre, you could say, with them, and I hope that doesn't happen with Polaris, but listening to this song, I don't think that's going to happen. But like you say, whether they can continue that with a full album, I can't wait to see it. Well, I really is, can't wait to see that it. That is the great um, the great question, if they can continue it. that It looks like an album is they've signed to, I think, Grayscale, not Grayscale, they've signed to somebody. They have. That, it's not Unify, because I remember me at a drunken state at a plastic earlier in the year, I was coked up, I was pilled up, and I decided to talk to the Polaris singer who was um, sitting on the side. And while I was making a complete tool of myself, uh, he told me that they didn't want to sign with... Uh, what's it called? Unify because everybody else is doing there. it, yeah. And they wanted to, they want to be different, they and, do, which is completely fine. And I, I, you know, I almost no, I wouldn't say respect it, but it was a good way to do it. Uh, Polaris aren't a band that I think fit the Unify bill right now. They are a band that are kind of hold their own, and I feel like they could fucking, you know, they they are just such a good band right now. I can't fucking get over this band. And you, 
fortunately enough, had a chance to see him live recently. I did, and what a night it was. It was a fantastic night, and I really, really did go to see the first three bands of the night. I'm not going to lie. I did not go to see In Hearts Wake. But so what was the bill, sorry? It was a big night. It was In Hearts Wake. They were headlining, and they had two massive support acts, both international, While She Sleeps and Crossfaith, which we will get into, but we are big, big fans of both of those bands. But yes. Polaris, after releasing that single... The momentum hit them, and it was perfect. They were the perfect opener, and after Unify, we got to mingle with them. The singer, was, he probably had the biggest crack out of anyone on the weekend. That guy was drinking VB tinnies all day on the stage. He did not care. He talked to everyone, and I reckon, honestly, they would have won a 1,000 fans just through Unify, and I'm um, getting to that gig... The well, way they it. opened up, it was... <laughs> they, are, they are signed with Resist Records, sorry. Resist, great. okay, there you go. Grace but, um, Hale's another band we're going to get into a bit later. One thing that we do, we, we, we agree on, when we listen to an album, we always think to ourselves, can they pull it off live? And they are one band that actually do sound as good on tape as they do live. Is this, so they opened up, yeah? They were the first band on. First band on the bill. So... You know, they, so are you saying they didn't get caught with the, the token first band kind of bad sound or anything like that? Was the sound you know, overall pretty good? Their sound was fantastic, Nick. And I'm going to say this. As, like, mo- most nights you rock up to a gig, yeah, you got, yeah, the opening band and, like, oh, pretty sure we saw a gig earlier at Festival Hall with a pretty big band in Australia tonight alive opening up. <laughs> and the crowd um, was quite, quite mellow, as I'm sure you can agree on, but... Yeah, Polaris at the moment are so hot and so popular within this industry of heavy music and the fans, especially in Melbourne, who get it really well. They the fans were into it. They, they like it. It was great. Like they, the that, interaction that they can actually get, being so young and so good, was, was sensational. They are, yeah, you know, they are so as Ben still would say, so hot right now. You know, they opened with a song. This is what I saw on their Facebook, at least. They opened with a brand new song. It wasn't consumed. It was a brand new one. Had that go over. Well, pretty sure when they walked out, no one knew what to do. Everyone's yep. like, okay, it's one of those moshes where it's like, okay, this guy's going to do this, this guy's going to do that. Yep. So I'm not going to lie, I was not in the pit itself, but yep. I was a little bit back. So I really wanted to watch them because at the moment, like you say, we're, we're getting to 23, 24. Too we're, old, mate, too old. <laughs> Nick's a, a, shoulder, a shoulder throw away of actually <laughs> dying, guys. So <laughs> he's banned from the pit, but... It, it was, it was a really good chance to see him, and I really... It was a bit of a shock. I, I didn't think they were going to do that, but they, they came out with that. The went over all right, but as you know, like, if you don't know a song, you rock up live. Like, it's pretty hard to actually either bounce around, like... That is true. Like, throw a, a haymaker in a pit or line need, someone up. You need something like... you, know, Especially the heavier bands. The heavier the band, the harder it is to really judge if it's a it decent is. song. And because, especially their opening band, I'm sure they had great sound, but they wouldn't have had the best sound that they possibly nah, could. Like, so, and, you know, first song as well, they'd be getting levels. They'd be getting all this. They do. You know, it was. It was big time. Uh, were they the best band of the night or we're going to move on to the... Uh, no, they... To the best band <laughs> of the night. As much as I love them, they were not the best band of the night. They were a big reason why it went, but the, the band that followed them... Best band? Who are we talking? Well, I, I actually think Cross Faith were the best band. Uh, for as you know, they are incredible live. Their, yeah. their sound is fantastic. They are just, yeah. honestly, it's like they do 14 shots of Jaeger bombs before they come to the stage. The drummer's a nutcase. The singer's a nutcase. They're just a great sounding band. But I was there to watch While She Sleeps, Nick Brown. Yes. And, well, Loz, as we like to call him. Loz. We um <laughs> earlier in the year I remember at our gig we um were waving at him in the pit and we made him crack a smile on the stage after looking at us like he was gonna murder us. But yes. this night it was all business again and 
and they delivered. So it was a really, really good night. And while she sleeps, as they do, they've got that many good songs that we both really enjoy. They brought the pain, and I felt it. <laughs> how was the uh, how was the mosh pit for a band like While She Sleeps? Because you know they are. Yeah, as you would say, they're not as popular as what you know we love them, but you we, know, do. we know that, that that's not spread across all of Australia. Did they have you know, a massive pit where there's a lot of people getting into them? Well, like you did at the Bring Me the Horizon gig, they needed one idiot to fly the flag, and Happy once to... that happened, the, the pit was good. The pit was like, they're one of those bands, I think we like them because they're a bit underground. They're not quite that really seen kind of like popular band, and like they're still... They're really cool. They're really fresh. They're really different while she sleeps with what they do. They've got a really melodic sound while still being ballsy. So the pit, they've got songs where you can jump. They've got songs where you can just bump into each other. They're not one of those bands where you really, like, you throw in arms and it's not really that kind of scene with the sleeps. They're a really, really cool band. And um, the mosh was good. There was enough people in there to have a bit of fun. There, there wasn't really any stupidity. Yeah. As I, I, I really hate, it's one of my pet hates at a gig. Yes. People just being idiots and... Yeah, no, fly kicking and all no that over, crap. No over moshing. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, there's always those guys that you know try to like. They, I think they think that they're trying to be, you know, like trying to get into it to help the band out, but they're just being a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, and that thing. really it spoils it for a lot of the people at the venue because like they're always some, looking at them. You don't want to get hit in the fucking head. Well, pretty much, and like we've both been kicked in the face, elbowed in the head, punched in the head. It's all part of the fun, but like honestly, at the end of the day, you want to walk into the mosh the same way you walk out of the mosh. Like you want to be able to. No, that's that's the, that that is the talk of an old person oh, come on, who's mate. past his prime. Oh man! No, so well, you know they're coming off the back of a really good album. Yeah, um, you know, one they, that we both really enjoy. Yeah, so they played a couple of songs off it when they play with Bring Me, but they, the album wasn't released. Most of the songs were coming off that album this time. Yeah, pretty much. So they're, they're, they're obviously they're big songs, the Four Walls of the World. They they played, but um, the the stuff off the new album really went over well. Seven like, songs. Seven Hills, fantastic song. Fantastic. As, as we, we both love that song. But um, getting into the new ones, like You Are We is a fantastic song, Hurricane, songs like that. Silence Speaks with Ollie Sykes. The best guest vocal scene of all time, according to Nick Brown. Ollie Sykes, <laughs> Silence Sleeps by While She Sleeps. Check it out. But um, it is, I'm, I'm just going to mark go out on. a bit on that because go on. For, definitely for the year, it's definitely the best uh, you know, kind of guest Feature. vocal I've, yeah. I've seen. It's just the way he works in, it's just it's worked in so well with it's the cool. song and his voice gives it a different dynamic. I think a lot of guest vocals and that are just there almost just to cross-promote. You yeah, know, it's like, a name. It's a yeah, name. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They're like, oh, you know, this band's working with this band, so then you know, fans will check out both bands. And, and they can tour together. Exactly. And yeah, you know, I feel like this was like a real... And I know I know, Bring Me to Horizon really do like While She Sleeps. Obviously, they do. They both do from similar parts. Ollie Sykes doesn't, like, has no, like, requirement to be on a song with While She Sleeps as well. So yep. for him to do it, there's no reason for it. So he obviously likes them. He obviously wants to support them. Yep. And he, like, you know, for him to come out and say beforehand, like, what regardless of what you think of him, you know, him to say like, you know, this is going to be like the best album of the year, basically via Twitter. That's a pretty big uh, endorsement. You'd say it is. It's a testament to while she sleeps too. Cause they've been a hardworking band without getting a lot of support. Well, not a lot of support, but they haven't really blown up to the point where I think they can. But like you say, having Ollie Sykes in your corner is only going to help them in the popularity stakes. Cause he's obviously one of the biggest singers in the scene of, um, of heavy music, Ollie Sykes. But yeah, while she sleeps, they're an up and coming band. What are they released now? Four albums. Three albums? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, yeah so well, three albums and they're still fresh to us. Let's hope in a couple more albums time we're still talking the same way because the three albums that they've released that I've heard, I've really, really enjoyed. And having a bloke like that come onto your, onto your song and sounded really cool. And obviously on YouTube, it's blown up. It's probably the biggest 
song that they've got on YouTube with views and stuff like that. So it's only going to help them. But um, Yeah, they're, they're kind of one of those bands I think you can look at and be like, that's how you kind of evolve as a band. Yep. Whereas a lot of bands, you know, they were just... Uh, no, there's nothing wrong with softening up your sound and all that, but I feel like while she sleeps, especially for fans of their old stuff, there's not many that have dropped off. Like they're yep. one of those bands that have maintained a lot of their fans. And especially because they do come across, as you said, as like a really hardworking band. Working class. Exactly. And they're not, yeah, they're not big enough for you to kind of get off them at this stage. You know, it's kind of funny when you're not, a, you're not at that massive level. People just, they don't want to dislike you. And then once you get to a certain stage, they just turn. They just, That's like, exactly just, right. You know, once you get to that platform and you start like headlining big shows, you're like, they're like, oh, well, now you start getting good. haters. Yeah, exactly. You're like, it's like oh, Linkin Park. Bit too pop. Well, we'll talk about them a bit later. So we've talked about While She Sleeps, Polaris. Are we about to talk about the best band of the night? We are, so we're gonna we're gonna hit you've hit it on the head there, Nick Brown, with Crossfaith, one of your favorite bands. Then, <laughs> when did when did you start getting into them, and what was the moment that changed when you saw them live? What what was okay. that like when you first so, saw them? Yeah, Crossfaith, one of those bands. I well, like many bands, yo, I discovered them through Soundwave. I remember yep. 2013's lineup came out. And I was just scrolling through, as I do, and I talk about this on yesterday's show, I talk about kind of the death of the music okay. festivals. Yep. And um, something that I used to do was always check out every single band on that lineup that I didn't know because I wanted to discover bands. You know, when you're young, you want to you want to find new bands. You almost you want to be you that guy. Fresh. You want to be that guy who kind of brings your friends and be like, check out this band. How fucking good are these? Yeah, and you're then a when, I, when I show somebody a song like fucking Jagerbomb by Crossfave, everyone can just, you know, you can't dislike that song. It's the greatest song of all time. Oh. And like, so I remember seeing them in 2013 Soundwave yep. where you made you've got dragged away yeah i did i was dragged away by a friend and never listen to your mates when you have a gut feeling about a crazy japanese band well playing synth and crazy drums and crazy vocals and crazy pits well over Northland, who i've seen 10 times since that's the thing like i guess why one of the best one of the main tips you'd say at a festival big festivals we don't really have that kind of drama now because there's no sound wave yeah it's like very that. sad but Oh, yo, pick the international band over the, over the yeah. Australian band because the Australian band's going to tour another three times through the year where the international bands might come back five years from now kind of thing. So I saw them then. Yep. Then I saw them later in the year when they fucking blew away Bring Me the Horizon of Mice and Men. Easy done. And then I saw probably the best Soundwave set I've ever seen, probably on par with Limp Bizkit, at 2015 inside the fucking the Hotbox. The Hotbox. And I think you saw that too. I did. That was, that was my moment to... Sure, I'm with Crossfaith, and you, you, talk, you talked them up, you talked a big talk, and they backed it up. They were absolutely incredible live, and their energy, like getting back to the pit, like you go to a pit, bands that keep the energy up, it's very hard for people to be stupid in a pit. And Crossfaith are one of those bands that are relentless. Their energy is just so high, as you know, your adrenaline's going the whole time, and they are just I've, on another level. I've got a quote from Nathan Custerson from that performance. He said, that was the greatest drumming performance I've ever seen live. It's true. Don't, know, don't yep. know if that's changed since. Oh, no, that was unbelievable that night. And also, you know, Crossfaith, one of those bands that I think write music for the live setting. You know, they, they do. Are, yep. They're one of those bands that are always looking like, okay, we're going to write this. Why are we writing this? What are the what is, What's the crowd that are about to see us about going to do while this part's going yep. on? It's not it's not always a bulletproof way of writing music, but it's worked for these guys, and it that's has. why that's why these guys are so damn good exactly at what right. they do. How was it like? How was their sound stage presence? All that like I know it's going to be great, but I need you to say it's just to help my ego. Well, by that stage, obviously Polaris and the Sleeps had played, and um the the sound level was really really good. And with the synth, I love like having a synth playing with such high energy music is just refreshing. It's different. It's unique, and it's something that's really cool. And it really it's piercing when you when you hear it live. Like just certain parts going with it, the drums, the double kick, the guitar, like they're all very, very, very talented musicians and they bring it every night. They are they are just they, they are so good live and the sound was really, really, really good. 
They, they played a new song. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was a new song. They've released a couple so far this year, but yeah. that I, I was surprised because I'd never really... I think you showed me once, but um, that went over pretty well. Like, yeah. Obviously, the crowd well, the crowd was pretty similar to the sleeps. The high energy is a pit. It's going to be pit. It's going to be fun. So that, that, that was really good. But by this stage, by about... I think they played two more songs. I'd, I'd actually move towards the back a bit, as you say. Bitch move. Uh, you're getting old. You get yeah. you get a bit tired a bit quicker. That's exactly you? right. And so you start I'll, to worry about your fucking health, <laughs> as you would say. Like with like I've told you, you're one arm swing away from your arm falling off, and you're going to decapitate yourself. So <laughs> seriously, okay? it'll, be, it'll be worth it for the sleeps or crossfade. I think. That's so, that's so true. Okay. But so crossfade best band of the night. Yeah, cross crossfade definitely the best band of the night. Okay, well we'll okay move on to the headliners in Hearts Wake. Do okay. So I'm going to ask a few few questions in one yep. here. Do you still care? Have they plateaued? Um, you know, is the reason why so many people came because of the bill that was surpassed, like, you know, that was in front of them? Because I remember when Amity would tour and they always bring really good, you know, bills. With yeah, them. they and do. And I, I would go to see, I remember one time Architects and Straight from the Path played yep. on one show and I went basically for them. And then those two ended up playing a side show, but, you know, they weren't, you know, while she slept across they weren't doing side shows. Is that all relevant, I guess? Big time. We actually had this discussion with a friend uh, a couple of months ago talking about bands being underneath Australian acts and do people go for them over the actual headline act? And when you talk about the big us tour a few years ago when you're overseas and um, you had a day to remember supporting Amity and I can tell you right now, they would not have sold that arena out without a day to remember. And I think this gig, as you say, I I, I honestly think within Arts Wake, um, they, they, they kind of missed an opportunity with um, their release date of this album. It's, it's come out at a r- bit of a nothing time with Australian music. Like with, It boomed last year. You had bands like Halliance, Trophy Eyes, up-and-coming bands, really, really... Great make, bands. Yeah, really making a point with really good albums. Hands Like Ours had a good album out last year. And then after Unify, Northlands released an absolute belter of an album. Like, yeah. Got absolute, like, they've toured off that album, and it's really, really good. It's back to the real like heavy stuff, and got really into it. But In Arts Wake, it's kind of... Five six months after Unify, it's kind of a flat spot. Like yeah. it's tax time. Like it's good with that. Like, you reckon, it's tax time. It's tax That's time, it. mate. You reckon the taxpayer? Boom. Tax return. Boom. I'm gonna go buy an Arts Wake CD. Bang. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. But um, I I, I really feel like Polaris won a lot of fans at Unify. So this is one of the the few times they've played in Melbourne since then. I think while she sleeps, they play with Bring Me the Horizon. But a lot of people since that album's come out have probably jumped on board. Crossfaith with an album coming out. They don't tour a lot. When was the last time? Probably 2015 at Soundwave. Yeah, it was so Soundwave, yeah. There's two years in between drinks there. So I think it does help when you've got international acts especially. Like it's it's great having Australian bands supporting Australian bands, but international acts do help and probably wouldn't have sold it out without them. But getting on to them, their new album, they played a few new songs live. They went over pretty well. The crowd was pretty good, but by that stage, as you, as you know, it's a hot venue. Everyone's there. A bit tired. Well... In Hearts Wake last year played a gig with North Lane. Yeah. What 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 was that called again, Nick? Uh, the Equinox or the, the Equinox? The, the Equinox tour. Something stupid. I, I remember going to that with you. We we had really, really big expectations on In Hearts Wake. And um hmm. we knew North Lane were good, we've seen them a few times, they're a fantastic band, but we were really excited to see In Hearts Wake and that night they were blown out of the water by North Lane. Absolutely blown, yeah. weren't they? They, I, they I were smashed. That, I think that was the night where 
I kind of started, you know, appreciating. In Heart's Wake have been kind of that band that I remember I go through real like dips, leaps and bounds with these guys. There are times where I fucking despise this band. Like there are songs <laughs> that they bring out and I'm just like, I just throw my hands up and go, fucking done. I'm sick of these guys. And then they'll bring out a couple of decent tracks. And I'm like, yeah, you know true. what? If, as long as they play these, these couple of decent tracks live, they're not the worst band in the world. And, you know, at this stage, I remember coming into it and I was like, I'm really excited to see these guys. I know they're, they're a really good live band. Some- we listened to them the whole way in. Yeah, exactly. Like, we didn't even worry about North Lane. No. Maybe that's what happened. We just we got we hyped them up. Oversaturated them. <laughs> we and, did. And then, yeah, they came out and they just, they were nervous. They just seemed, they were notably yeah. nervous. And they seemed like they were trying to outdo North Lane, where North Lane just kind of came out. And I just guess did their thing. they knew they knew they were a better band. Yeah. Like it's, it's not. It's like nothing gets in hearts wake, but Northlane are a better band. They are. Yeah, you know, like and that's why I give, that's why I rate Polaris so high because they're so technical in what they do and they're such a tight band in what they do. In hearts wake are kind of just that kind of meat and potato kind of band, I guess. Whereas you know Northlane have a lot more going on. They and, do, and they killed it. They absolutely destroyed them. They did. And getting onto in hearts wake and. Where they're at, like the um the, the clean singer's really come on as a as a vocalist. I think his lyrics and his actual singing, the way he sings now, is a lot better than what it was. Because he was your probably the most hated singer besides Aaron from Amity as a clean singer. This yeah, point. like they were both kind of in that round. Yeah, yeah he, go, really he goes from annoying. having he has some really good songs. Eh. Yeah, oh, the has, highs. Like, yeah, eh. his highs are just horrible. But like eh. when he, he has some really good tracks, but yeah, he has some songs like um. Well, he's come back. He's yeah. I, I, I think on this new album, he actually shines on a few tracks that I've listened to. Okay, there we go. I'll, I'll give him that. I'll hand him that. And they were a lot better the other night as to what they were last year. And I'm pretty sure we're, we're going to talk about it later, but they will be on Unified 2018. But moving on, another Australian act just released a, an album. And I'm pretty sure you checked it out, Nick Brown. Oh, yeah, I did actually. Um, I didn't think I'd ever check this album out. I never thought I'd hear from this band again. Quote me. 20, quote yourself. 2015. 2015. I remember we never played a show when we were in a band with these guys. Um, so what I will say is that, you know, when we used to see shows and like, you know, local shows and they would come on, I just remember thinking like, these guys are the biggest fuck trash. Like they're just so like, they were just so over the top and they were so, it was just bullshit music to me. Yep. It really was. And, um, you know, as time goes on and I, I know, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one, but these guys... And something I do respect, you know, when, when you're in a band, you realize soon, soon after starting a band, you realize it's not easy to get big. It's not easy to get a following. So you build a bit of respect through that. And then, you know, while they were kind of, you know, in their, what I'd call their shit stage, they started like really understanding how to write music and understanding, you know, tones and everything like that. And now they've come out with a half decent album. I'm talking about Alpha Wolf. Uh, this is a band I hated. Yeah. I really despise this band. I really, you know, they had. This I don't one, think you're the only one. I, there's one guy. Well, I, I'll get onto that. But they have one guy in their band. I don't know what he. I think he was a guitarist, and he wears a fucking like a black like doctor mask. And every time he played a chug, because that's all I used to do. Chug cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he just put his middle finger up at the crowd and then keep playing. And I remember just looking at that. I just laughed. I would always <laughs> laugh. And I know they're trying to be mean. And like someone, someone recently said, "Oh, it's their persona." And I was just like, "Well, it's a pretty fucking useless persona. Like it's a pretty, <laughs> yeah, but." That being said, I checked out this album. It's called Mono. Um, it's through Grayscale Records. It's a real credit to the band that they're still going, that they yep. have a lot of support on Facebook. They have, I think, over 10,000 likes on Facebook. Yeah, well, they come from nowhere recently. Very different, very hard, and um, very hard to get that far without, you know, kind of giving it up, really. Like, you know how, yep. you know how it is. Like, people oh, yeah. get older. And so it is a real credit to them. Um, 
Yeah, they have some really decent songs on this oh. album, and they're yeah, open. They're, I'm going to start with their opener, "Water the State." Really, it's one of their singles. It is a really good song. I'm not going to play any for you now. No, nah, that's all right. You should do that in your own time. Yeah, but you know, this is a um, this is an album that kind of you know it runs twelve songs, thirty four minutes. This not, is not, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, it yep. doesn't overstay its welcome too much. It does have one of my pet peeves, which are bullshit inter- interlude tracks. Ah. They they will tell you, ah. and I know people will listen to that and be like, oh no, it's just for the, like setting up the scene or something like that. I call them bullshit interlude tracks. Like there's, <laughs> there's you know, ones where it's just like, you know, guitar just kind of going, dun, 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 and then there's like this faded scream in the background for two minutes. I call that a bullshit interlude track. I don't call yep. that a real track. I'm never going to listen to that other than, you know, when I'm list- when I have to review this album. Yep. But in between them is a track called 104. Okay. This track, and this is, I think this is a single of theirs, is balls out fucking good. I'm talking, this is a banger. I, I, I'm telling it's... you, as soon as we finish recording, I will show you this track. This has some really, really dope moments. It does overdo the chugging in some songs throughout, not through 104. 104 is just an all-out banger. Yep. But there are times where it overstays its welcome in its terms, and it may be... Sometimes it, it, they don't try to overreach as much as what I thought they would, but sometimes I think they should. They do have one song with clean vocals on it, which is... Okay. I'm pretty is he any good? It's really good. Okay. The, the chorus is really good in so that the cleans song. the are good. Yeah, I think, it, I think that song's called Golden Fake Gut Ache. Um, Can you see them going in that direction, or are they too heavy to... I think con- they could. I really do. I think this song okay. this song's actually quite decent. Yo, for every... You know, a song that I would go meh to, there are a couple of good songs. I think okay. um, Golden Fate, they've got two songs with fucking Golden Gate Bridge in their title. Golden Fate, Water Break, and Golden Fate Gut Ache, both really good tracks. Water of the State's a really great track. 104 and Promise Stays are really good tracks. And the ending, Devon Street, is really good as well. It's, you know, there there is a lot to like about this band. Okay. Um, their bass tone is really good. This is something yeah, that... Yeah, that's, that's big. That, like, especially for a band who I just I would just call a mosh band, like, yep. coming into it, their bass tone is really good. It has a few times where it really shines. The guitar tone's, like, so-so for the band. Yep. Their, their vocals aren't the worst vocals I've ever heard. Like, they're not as bad as what I remember them being. Maybe okay. I was, again, I was probably... You know, now, I'm a, I'm a stubborn old fuck now. You I are. used to be a, a band, a guy who used to always think that our band was the best band. So, you know, every band that wasn't our band, which I, I feel like I'm not the only one here, but like, you know, our band was the best. Anyone else was shit kind of thing. Yep. But, you know, throughout the album, it's just kind of, I guess it doesn't take as much chance as what I wanted it to. You know, they have one song with Cleans. I wish they had a couple more. I wish they kind okay. of tried to go that way. But if, you know, maybe if they put this into an EP, it would have been, I would have really been kind of praising this. You know, this has a really good five or six songs to me. It has about... I'm going to say two or three what I call interlude or bullshit tracks to it. Yep. And then it has two or three meh tracks. You know, there's one song the first time I listened to it. I think it's track two. It might be track two that I just laughed at the end. Uh-huh. Because it was just like... It was we just, do take the piss out of bands a lot. Yeah, though. it was almost like I was just like... It was just trying to be so heavy that I just I just started laughing. I couldn't have, <laughs> I could not help myself. I really couldn't. But I listened to it the second time and I thought it was pretty good. So, yeah. Like, um, you know, any questions you have about yeah, it? Because well, I know you haven't listened to it. I have not. I, I could not tell you one song of theirs. I, I have not listened to the new album. I could not tell you what they sound like on this album, but... Where can you see them going from here? So you're saying you, that they've got 10,000 likes on Facebook, which is massive. Yes. And um, I'm pretty sure Ocean Grove was sitting on that for a long, long time around that mark. So these blokes are at 10,000 with an album. And what, what, what can you see happening in the near future? They've got a tour announced, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're, the doing, next, they're next doing month a release show. I can't remember when that is, if they've already done it. Pride Lands are playing on that release show. Yes, I've, I've seen Lands that advertised. Pride Lands are a great band. So yeah, one of your favourites. Yeah, like, um, I, I, think, I think they are going to play Unify next year. 
I think That'd be huge. I think, and actually, I haven't liked them on Facebook. I'm going to give them a like right now. Wow. They have... You callous prick. Oh, I just... I, that's my hate for them. 13, yeah, 13,000 likes on wow, Facebook. Wow, that's big. Yeah, that, they, that's good numbers. They actually charted in the... Uh, for the, they're touring, sorry, with um, before I get into that, they're touring with Die Artist. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Which is pretty cool. They yep. they cha- uh, debuted at 29 in the Aria album Jeez, charts. That's massive. Number three in the Aria Australian Art- Australian Artist album charts and number three in the Aria of the Air album charts, sorry. That's massive. And uh, like huge effort, man. Like this is a band that like, and so someone, sorry, before I get to that, somebody showed me a meme basically after I kind of told him that I used to hate Alpha Wolf and now I kind of really dig them yeah. and I'm not the only one there was this meme that came in oh not even this meme it was just this post where someone said it was like uh, I'll read you the exact thing it said 2015 everybody hated Alpha Wolf myself included the person yep. who wrote it 2016 they released Nailbiter and st- started winning people over I never got to that stage I never listened to Nailbiter I've never listened to it bit, either but I have listened to it now it's not a bad song okay and in 2017, everyone loves Alpha Wolf and swept them now. And it, it basically says a lot can change in two years. I wonder what band will be next to surprise, which is a really good thing because... It's so true. Yeah, as I said before, bands like this, I feel like when you're in a band, getting that initial fan base isn't hard. Getting that initial like, thousand likes or so isn't difficult. It's when you're actually like building a genuine fan base who really want to see you is yep. the hard Consistent part. Consistent fans, yeah. You know, for fans, like building fans that you, know, you might not know and to pay money. And these are, this is a band... Who a lot of people will pay money for, like not not huge money, but they'll pay ten dollars to get in. Yep. Whereas you know, I, there's a lot of bands that wouldn't. I wouldn't pay ten dollars to see a lot of most bands. You know, yeah. But you know, overall, I honestly, you should if you have Apple Music, if you have Spotify, you have. There's no excuse for you not to download this album. At least give it a chance. Uh, one of four is the best track to me. Uh, you know, Golden Fate, Gut Ache. I'm gonna say is the one with the cleans. Um, before I, yeah, Gut Ache is the one with the cleans. And they're open, the water stay is huge. The only uh, the other problem I have with this album is that they open with a single, and you know that that yeah, is yeah, a it's massive a pet hate of pet. yours. Yeah, yep. that is. If you are to every band, to every band who listens to this, who yep. are, if you are going to release an album and you are going to release a single, do not use your do not use your single time to promote the first song on the album. No, you have every other track behind you for that. You put it. You put your single at number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't give a fuck. When somebody puts in your album or downloads it on Spotify or downloads it on Apple Music, the first song that you hear is going to be the most listened to. I would say because that's the first song you. If you download this album, you're going to start with track one, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. So if you start with a single, that takes away a lot of it because it's already a single. You've probably already heard it. Yep. If you start with a song that hasn't isn't a single and you know it's a banger then it's going to get people excited because it's exactly. another track that people know. If you have three singles and then your opening track's a banger, that's four songs that are guaranteed they're going to listen to. You know, instead of having, you know, starting off with a single and then the rest of it kind of, you know, just being behind it. Because then afterwards you're going to be like, well, this isn't a single. I'm not going to listen to this one as well. You know, exactly like that. 100%. But, you know, other than that, very solid album. I would, yeah, recommend downloading it, checking it out, support. It's Australian band. Why not? You know, there's no reason you wouldn't. Yeah, no excuses. They will, I'm going to make the claim. They will be on Unify next year. I okay. really do think so. Yep. I think that they... Well, they haven't played, so that'd be a perfect opportunity yeah, with the new album and One of those everything. early bands that could play on and they will get a decent crowd to them. They are not, they're not a band who have 13,000 likes and they're paid for. This is the band who has a genuine support base. Yep, they've worked hard. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'll leave that. Have you heard the new Stray from the Past single? Because this is a controversial one. I I cannot say I have. I honestly, your syndrome, what you've done to me. I, I I'm trying to avoid singles and waiting to listen to the album because I feel <laughs> with Spotify and Apple iTunes with music, you won't click away from getting a single. And if you like it, you're gonna listen to it twenty times. You get to an album, 
it kind of ruins it. Like, yeah, it's, it's a standout track, and it's one less track you're going to listen to. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and I actually I like going into an album not knowing anything on it, and you go, all right, that's a single. And then you look, and you're like, okay, yeah, it is. But the new Straight from the Path song single, I could not tell you. I haven't listened to it. No. Okay, so I'm going to give you a backstory. It is called uh, Straight from the Path. It's called Alt Alt Right. Uh, interesting name. Yeah, it's um, you know, going against the uh, the right wing people in America. Basically, okay, interesting. Um, this has been somewhat controversial. It has about 370,000 views. Yep. Has 5,000 likes on it. Has okay, 51,000 dislikes. 51. 51,000. This is fucking not... This isn't heard of. This is like... 51. This is, get, this is getting close to Rebecca Black's Friday. Wow. It, this is huge. Like that's, that's over 10 times more dislikes than the likes. That's disgusting. Um, that's a terrible ratio. What, you know... You haven't heard the song. No, that, so, there must be something seriously wrong. Well, has a he lot talked about been, killing someone? Or I what? don't know. It's something, to be honest, I don't really give a shit what they talk about. Do like, we understand it? Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. just like, I, in the film clips, what bothers people. It's something about a Nazi, like a Nazi guy or something okay. like that. They're bashing him. Didn't really pay attention too much to it. The main thing I think it should be disliked for is because it's a pretty crap song. Like, that's okay, the problem. so it's boring. Yeah, Never it's just like song. the last yeah. minute is pretty good. They use um, the Dead Kennedys line, Nazi, Nazi punks fuck off. Which okay. Is, which is, well, I love the Dead Kennedys and I don't, mi- I don't mind the cheeky reference, but I don't mind the last minute of it musically. Yep. It's just the rest of the song's so fucking bland that I would have given it a dislike just because I don't like the song really. Um, this is a band who I really like, by the way. It is. Yeah, I saw Drew York from New York oh. uh, recently in Canada with uh, Architects when I was over there and had a chat to him and he was you know, kind of excited to show the new music. I don't know why, because this is exactly the same as every other fucking song they've released. <laughs> uh, do you think Stray are kind of on the way down? Have they have they hit their ceiling? Well, they're one of those bands you can say that, but I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure they, I reckon they have. Like, where, where can they honestly go from here? Like, they've created a bit of a stir with their... Um, political views and the way they, they sing their songs being influenced highly by Rage Against the Machine and yes. I, I think now they're probably at what 200,000 likes on Facebook and like where do they go are they do they you're not selling out but do they get a massive single where they actually break into new audiences like what Bring Me the Horizon did because Bring Me the Horizon yeah. like on a completely different note hit a really good level but with Semper Paternal it blew them into another stratosphere can a band like Straight From The Path who are so hell bent on being angsty, talking about political stuff, being controversial, having really cool songs. Because like, I really enjoyed Subliminal. Criminals. Criminals, yeah. I really, really like... Because um, I know you and a, another mate of ours were r- really into them and they played Unify a couple of years ago and I ended up buying the shirt, buying the Straight From The Past shirt. Yeah. I, I, I was really excited and that night they, they played really well. They are really cool and I, I honestly, I don't know. I reckon like, there's a certain level you can hit as a band in... Um, this kind of scene and I reckon yeah I, okay. I okay. guess you with, go. with yeah. that you're saying bring me can they get onto like you know hit a big single like bring me can no because the thing that bring me could do they could always write a hook like, yes you know, ever, like maybe not their first album they're like their deathcore shit but you know when they had even from like Diamonds or Chelsea Smile yep. they could always write a hook yeah uh, and that built on and it built on and it was the music the more changed around it Right now, Drew is the only singer in the band. He can't sing cleans, which is a huge like, which is something that hurts a lot of bands when yep. you, know, you you need a really good clean ceiling, singer. Yeah, your ceiling kind of closes in on you a little bit when you can't, you don't have that clean singer. And that's why I think Elf Wolf's done like a cool, you know, a nice thing with their one song. To be fair, yep. Uh, you know, they're not as good as songwriters. They you know, bring me a band who've kind of they cracked it, and they every album was different. 
but it was you know I guess you could yes you, know, you could argue that it sold out or whatever but yep. they wrote catchy songs and they wrote good songs for, like, yep. especially until at least until their last album came out which you could argue either way of course yeah but you know Australia one of those bands that you know now it just seems like they're just going to kind of plateau and kind of just be that token hardcore band that maybe other hardcore bands. I find it interesting that you know people got angry that a political band wrote a political song and now yeah. they're fucking bro- they're now they're disliking it like crazy. I probably need to check it out a bit more to be fair. Yeah. Like I, I I know it's something to do with the video clip and the lyrics and that. Like I think they um the, did a bit of the research chorus, into it. The yeah. chorus itself, I just remember the first line. It's just saying you just got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> it's just so like it sounds Cliche, like a fucking just, biscuit yeah. song to be yeah. fair. It really does like. And it, there is a Limp Bizkit song that says you just got knocked the fuck out. Full Nelson, it just kind of doesn't do it for me. To be fair, this is a, I don't, I really like the band. I really don't like this song. Um, yeah, but we'll see what the album's like whenever it comes out. Yeah, you know? I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Definitely yeah. check it out. And um, okay, well, what we'll do is I want to move on to something that is gonna, you know, I kind of have an opinion on this because, yep. Yeah, as I said, I talked about this yesterday on my show. This is a, um, I want to talk about Unify. Okay. I, I want yep. to, mainly because this is a you know the biggest kind of hard, biggest hardcore festival or whatever heavy music festival in the country right now. It's the one left. That's the only exactly. one we've got left. That's yep. it's crazy with the death of Soundwave, with the death of Big Day Out, and everything like that. You know they say some people say not first or some people say download are going to come to Australia. Until I see that actually announced, until I see that on paper, I will not believe it because yeah, you know, it's very hard. I feel like to bring a massive tour like that over to Australia. Of course, the lineup would change, but. Still, it's just a massive deal to do that. You know, with Unify the Future, have they grown too fast so far? Because you look at their first year. I remember going to their first year, 3,000 people. Second year, 5,000. Yeah. Third year, 7,500. Yeah. Are they growing too rapidly? Because, you know, they, they might get to a stage at this rate where there's 20,000 people in this fucking bush paddock that, that they do it in, which is really great. But it's just going to get too cramped. Do you think that they're kind of... Are they overreaching or are they just kind of testing the waters right now? I... I... Yeah, it's. I actually think it's grown at a nice rate, and they've actually done it really well to keep it in the same venue. But if it does go up, at, well, what's it going up? So from three to five to seven and a half. So it's going up at about two, two and a half thousand um, attendees a year. Could, so that's going to get up ten thousand. I was about to say yeah, yeah. it's going to get up to about ten thousand this year by the, the sounds of that. And it's in a fantastic location out at Tarwin Lower. I've been to the three. I've thoroughly enjoyed all of them. It's a really, really good concept with the camping taking your own alcohol like it's just really well set up with the food with everything and obviously i remember joking to you in high school talking about having an all-australian festival with just australian bands and these guys really actually went and did that because and since then the the growth in heavy music in australia is just it's massive it's probably at its peak at the moment it's bands like there's young bands everywhere trying to be in heavy like do heavy stuff which is really really cool but um yeah, it's, it's one of those things now that I think the bands now strive to be on Unify. It's one of the goals It now. is, it is. I'm, I'm sure if we started now, rather than five years ago, that we'd be doing the same thing. Let's yeah. We're going we're gonna to send stuff to Unify, we're going to play, everyone's going to come watch, it's going to be great. And it's really exciting to actually get a bit of exposure as a local band because like it's the hardest thing, playing like locally around Melbourne, getting gigs. like it, it, It's very hard to actually gain exposure. Like We were lucky enough to play at the ESPY, one of the most famous venues in Melbourne and we got to do that which was a great thrill for us but not a lot of bands get to do that but with it Unify if, even if you're playing at 500 people it's the biggest thing you've ever done but you look at it and you go there's only one stage and it doesn't matter when you're playing the, the, people are going to watch the yep. death spot to be would be the second day first band yeah, because people Sunday. will be, be yeah. a bit hungover it's horrible yeah and uh, that would be the tough spot to do but other than that like if you're the first band of the day in the whole the whole festival 
you're going to get a huge fucking turnout because yep. people are just going to be like, you know what, we're set up camping. I just want to go see some music. This is what we're here for. Kind yeah, of. the first one. It's the spot. Yeah. And unfortunately, this year it actually rained. When yeah, that hurt a that, lot. That of really punished the, the first probably six bands of the day on the, the initial Friday, but they really did it well. Oh, I'm really happy they did it over the two days with the Friday, Saturday. Yeah. It was much better than going up on a Saturday morning drinking all day feeling hungover on a Sunday and those bands on the Sunday really just copping it because you, you're not into it you, you don't want to be there do you think you Unify know? has um, you know looked at something like Soundwave and looked at something like Big Day Out yep and said this is what we don't do they got greedy and you know, we, yeah, we don't overreach and we got to slowly build this I say that and I say you know they're, you know, they're increasing their venues um, they're increasing their attendance sorry they're increasing their lineups and that where do you think in terms of how big, I don't want to get into like, you know, predictions or anything like that. Where do you think it goes this year in terms of lineup? Do you, how big can they go? Because if you go too big, if you go for a band, just say hypothetically, they got, say Data they got remember. a Data Remember or Bring Me The Horizon. Yep. Say they got one of those two bands. That's a huge leap from Alexis On Fire. 100%. And, and so like, how, how careful do they have to tread? Because, you know, as soon as they go for that big band and as soon as they get that big lineup like Soundwave 2013 did, it's all going to look down. It's all going to be downhill from there unless they can sustain that. So, what do you like? How do you think they're going to go about things? Well, honestly, I, I actually don't see it growing to ten thousand this year. I think yep. they'll actually keep it at eight thousand because they struggled to sell the seven and a half last year. I don't yep. even know if they did sell all seven and a half thousand. They but, said they did. <laughs> but like you say, do you reach and get a massive band, or do you keep it at a level where, like, I, I think a band like Enter Shikari, which you've brought up, Architects, a band like that. I think. It'd be great to have bands like that, but if you do reach for a big band like the two you mentioned, or, oh, just it, we, we'll go with those two. But I, I think if you did get that, it'd have to be a minimum of ten thousand, especially day to remember. There's that many fans around Australia. Bring yeah. me the same. Well, bring me played in a massive arena in Melbourne. Did a couple of shows, so you, you divide that five thousand each night into t- to, to two. That's ten thousand. So yeah, and um, being unique, being a camping festival, all you got to do is oh. We're gonna go regardless. We love music, but um, yes. particularly um, like just casual fans. All, all they're gonna do if they see four or five bands that they want to see. Oh yeah, we live in Melbourne. It's an hour's drive, an hour and a half's drive. Take our own alcohol. Cool. Let's go check it out, and you're gonna have two good days of fun. But I feel if they do overreach it and get a day to remember, it might kill the festival because if you don't get a band as big as that next year, people are going to whinge and say, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, and people won't buy tickets. Very Australian music fans. Are, are very pretentious. Are very fickle. Yeah, they, they, are, they, are, they are. Incredibly pretentious, incredibly fickle. Yep. That being said, you know, Unify is now kind of starting to build to that point where the, the festival itself is what sells tickets. You know, like if you see something like Splendor or Groove in the Moo, which I bring up, a lot. People just buy it. They, yeah, they, they, just, yeah, they hear the name. They, they, it's just the good vibes that they like. They know the setting. They know what it's going to offer. And it's about more than the music. Whereas I think Unifier might be starting to head down that range, which is fantastic for the festival, yep. which is like That's what great. you want because you want people to look at it and every year and be like, you know, lock it in and be like, oh, what are you doing January? Well, I'm going to have Unifier whenever that is, regardless yeah, of what regardless, the Regardless, 100%. Because you know, if you're a fan of the music, there is going to be at least a couple of bands that you like. I remember, oh, somebody, for sure. I remember somebody who was 18 telling me, and it would have been his first Unifier, which was this year. So it would have been his first Unifier this year. And he said, yep. oh, I was going to go, but I just didn't like the lineup. And I said, like, but that's not hard. That's that's only half the point of going. Yeah, it's, and I was like, if, if you can't find that. one or two you know, bands in general that you, you wouldn't want to see, 
then you, that's worth your money, isn't it? Like, oh, know, for sure. Because tickets are what, 100, 120 bucks or whatever it was? I can't remember. I think it's 180. 180 bucks? Oh, yeah, because they moved the extra day. Sorry. They yeah, did. before it was. Yeah, before it was a lot cheaper. Yep. That's fine. The extra day, you, you can understand the pricing there. And do you know, um, do you think that. Well, I've heard, well, I've heard like bands like Under Roof could, could headline and that. Maybe not. I reckon that'd enough. be a good one, actually. Yeah. In, in our scene, especially in Australia, they actually played this year. Do you they think, reformed this year. Well, then it'd probably make it harder. Yeah, it would. But yeah, go. Do you think the bands, like, they could go a heavier route, like maybe more of a metal route, or do you think they're going to stick to, like, the hardcore kind of feel? Oh, like, I really feel that they're... Say, like, a bullet for my Valentine or something like that. Uh, I could see it going that way, honestly, because yeah. Bullet are a band now which they hit their peak in the early 2000s slash mid-2000s with the whole... Um, poison. The whole Poison and that whole scene. They really kick-started that um, metalcore phase again back then, but... Yeah. um. I could see a band like that playing because they transcend with their cleans. Like they actually, yeah. they actually got a, a really popular sound. But um, I actually think they're going to continue on the pop punk route. It was a little bit heavier last year, but like the initial year, we, there was death metal and bands like. like I'm, I'm open to listening to new styles of music, and I've come away enjoying it. I really enjoyed watching those bands because you don't see <laughs> many people playing to the speed of. People playing death metal. Yeah, uh, that is I, very true. I, I, for one, when... um, Was it the singer of Thy Art Is Murder came back last year? Yeah, CJ. Yeah, CJ. So CJ came back last year, and obviously I'm not a big fan of Thy Art Is Murder, but watching the drummer, watching the, the people, like their, their musicians play their, their instruments, yeah. it's just unbelievable. Like, you From actually see level. how fast they're playing. They're, like, and it's, From an actual musicianship oh, level, it's pretty incredible, isn't it? Well, that's what I mean. If you're a musician listening, like, it, honestly, if you're a bassist, you're going to watch the bassist in a band over watching the drummer. If you're a guitarist, you're going to analyse the guitarist. The singer, yeah. you're going to analyse the singer. The, the, everyone analyses the singer, but you're going to analyse more than that. Like, his mannerisms, his movements. Yeah. How does he control a crowd? What's his, like, stage presence like? So, you go to gigs and, like, I might be a pretentious old hack bastard, whatever you want to call me, but, like, I go in Twat. judging bands and I... I I now like I judge them. I um actually will critique them. Like we we'll, we'll walk away from a gig that we'll go to and we'll actually talk about like oh it was really good, but we'll talk about what do they do well? Yeah. What songs went over well? Like the crowd went off for that song and like unify. It's cool if you're an up and coming muser to actually go check that out. Like, watch like last year Alexis on Fire reform, which was I, I personally was really happy about yeah. that. And you went well. Didn't bother me too much, and then I saw them. And, I and you didn't. Really good. Yeah, exactly. So like, there's bands like that you're gonna rock up and see. Like, you got two days of full music, and a lot of it's Australian music. So if you're gonna back music in Australia, it's a perfect thing to do. Well, that's um, that was gonna be my next question. I was gonna say, how many years are we gonna go through this before we start just going? Okay, this is now every band's played, and now everybody. Yeah, what do we do? Where so, do we go like, from here? Because you yeah. look at it now, and I feel like you know, Unify's got a good little system going for the time being. That being said, like I think they have this thing where. You could play two years in a row. That's the maximum. Yep. You know, and then after that, you will probably get the year off. Because like, if you look at a band like In Hearts Wake played the first two, they had nothing to do the third year, but they, they didn't play it because they didn't, you know, they didn't want them on. Yep. And they, there's a big chance they're going to be back on this year, to be fair. Yeah, with the new album. Or yeah, and like, even if even though they've done headliners and that, like, they're probably still a chance to be on just because In Hearts Wake probably have nothing better to do. And like, <laughs> but like, how long do you think it's going to take until we start like running out of bands, especially the bigger bands? Because, you know, local, local bands now can transition every year. Yep. But how long do you reckon it's going to take until we've seen In Hearts Wake, North Lane, Amity, and like, you know, play six out of the ten, you know, unifies and you're just like, okay, like, I'm sick of this. Like, you know, what can they do? Are they going to, you know, what do you think is going to happen in that sense? 
Well, as you say, like the, they're all unified, actual labelled bands. So yeah. that, that, that's a big part of the whole festival. And what they can do, they can sign more bands, whether that's internationally or in, in Australia. And <laughs> I don't know, like like you say, like you, uh, how many times now would we have seen In Arts Wake and too many <laughs> Amity and Hands Like House is the the tour whores of Australia yeah, and the support whores. <laughs> like that's like like you say, it does get cliche and boring, but. And like you say, we've talked about, we're going to go regardless. So yeah. I, I think you can honestly take or leave those bands in a few years' time. You don't want to see them, you don't. If you yeah. do, you do. So like... We might be too old for it then as well, in a few years' time. Pretty... Mate, I'm going to be there till I'm 50. I'm going to get a tattoo. <laughs> I'm going to be like... <laughs> Even if I get a mark every year. Yeah. Every time. That's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, 100%. But um, yeah, like, I, I can see it being here for a long time. Whether they take it into state, that's probably the next move if they would do that. But I think Very having risky. it in... I think having it in Melbourne, it's it's, it's perfect. the mu- music capital of Australia. It is. It has the best ticket sales, and also you see that a lot of people from interstate come over, and it's it's almost one of those things. Where, Road trip with your yeah, friends, people could, love it. Good like, funds that. And honest, I don't think it will expand. I I really think these guys are pretty hell bent, especially for the time being. Maybe maybe in a few years' time, but seven and a half is good. Yeah, like it's a really good amount. You know, you will not if you want a ticket, you will get a ticket. It's not like there's it's not like it's there's just limitations and you're just like, oh, only only five of your best, 10 best friends are going to be able to ticket. If you want no. one, you just get it on the day. It's exactly right. not going to sell out in a day. And you're, you're right. It's kind of, it's one of those things that, you know, as I said, as we said, the festival sells itself. Yep. It's one of those things that who knows when people are going to start dropping off. Hopefully, you know, they might start bringing in like, you know, bands playing full albums and that. Like, I'd, That'd be know, cool. I'd yeah. love, I, I saw someone, can't take too much credit for this, but someone said like, you know, if Amity played, they should play one of their older albums in full. Perfect well, if, idea. If they played Youngbloods or if N.R. Swake played Divination in full, yeah, like, like, that'd be huge. Yeah, be, do like a We'd actually probably go watch them. Yeah, 10, 10 year anniversary or something like that. Like, yep. there's, a really, there's a lot of ideas you can do to keep freshening it up. And you know, who knows how long it's going to take until the internationals kind of take over or jump on like get on a get on a like a big way yeah exactly like there's what there's six six or so internationals last year or this year or whatever yeah, about that. like yeah like you know it's gonna keep growing like you know it, it seems like there's gonna be more and uh yeah like it's one of those things where it could be considered a good thing but i feel like it's always going to be australian bands who are going to be building up the bulk of it because they're yeah, going to it is because it's an australian yeah festival. they're going to build that's up the way the, they've wanted it the to, bottom yeah. end of it especially like they're going to start it's going to start through them and you're know, hopefully through that they can start you know um kind of meeting bands and they, they understand the formula and you know you're saying before how you you look at like musicians and how they operate and what's the best kind of you know you look at their musicianship i guess yep uh like i feel like that might be a band thing like you've been in a band so now you kind of you like to study bands and say like oh, yeah, what, what they time. did right what they did wrong why they did it right why yep. they did it wrong because that's the best thing if you understand why they did them why if they do something wrong and they understand why they did it wrong then obviously you can try and improve that on yourself and that's half the fun of it it is um no one not 90, but I reckon probably 60 to 70% of the people there would be in bands and or musicians yeah, for Unify. Yeah, yeah like, and all, all wanting to be in a band. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, there's always people who want to be in a band. It's very hard to do so anyway. Um, okay, well, do you have any, anything else to say about Unify? No, other than that, I'm excited for the next one and I'll be there. Yeah, well, we'll do a full prediction as close to the actual date. Yep. Because you know, I think they've August 31st, I think that's when they're doing something. Yeah, they last are. Time. So yeah. in a couple of episodes time, we'll do a full prediction, which is going to be very cool because I'm going to pick everyone right and you're going to pick these fucking stupid ones. Oh, definitely. Actually, the only prediction I will ask, and I know I've asked this a few times, I know you're going to say no, but is there the slimmest of chances of the Ghost Inside playing? Oh, well, you, you know my opinions on this. I... <sighs> I absolutely it's very hard for you to see I, that abs- I, I I cannot see it happening. I 
as a drummer, not like it's going to be so hard for him. And like they're they're hell bent. They'll never play a gig unless it's with that lineup. They they do not want to go on and have a new drummer, or a new guitarist, a new whatever. So I think I, I as soon as they announced um was it Warp Tour? I said to you, I said they won't play. Yeah, and you, you said you, you guarantee I, you're like no, they play. I said they would play. Yeah, yeah, and I I said I just. I, I remember cannot, seeing. I, I saw see a video it. of. Um, I'd love it. Of the drummer getting like a, something getting like almost tied to his leg, basically to be that second kick, and it worked. Yeah, so yeah, it like, pr- like a prosthetic, prosthetic leg. Yeah, like, but it was, was even yeah. the early stage. I think they even just like tied a crutch to it or something. It was something yeah. really weird. Yeah, and so like it is possible. In all honesty, like if you saw, you know, Ghost Inside One, they love Australia. They do. They are like I. I think I've said this a few times, but Ghost Inside is one of the bands I've seen the most because they've been here. They come here every year. They love jumping on tours. Yeah. And they're friends with so many bands. Because you know, they're just cool guys. Yeah, yeah. they are. They're, uh, yeah, I've met the singer a few times. He's a great dude. He's very small, very short, but he's a good, yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude beside that. Big voice. Yeah, big voice. Fantastic band. Like one of the best bands going. I really do oh, appreciate that. In that scene. Yeah, yeah. In that scene. 100%. He's one of my favorite bands. and One of the best live bands as well. Yep. You know, there is. I always kind of. I always want to hold out hope for them to play in Australia because I do think, as I said, they love it. Yep. Wouldn't it be a great thing to do? Like, wouldn't it oh, be Unified the most amazing thing? Oh. Where would they bill? And it, like, because they couldn't headline. Like, as much top, as I'd want they, them they'd to, they'd be top five on the bill. Well, I, I actually just we, we we've got the Unified lineup from twenty seventeen in front of us here. So yeah, you got Alexis who headline, Violent Soho, Massive Australian Band, Northland, Massive Australian Band. Then every time I die, no, Ghost Inside would be above them definitely. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you're gonna have a similar lineup to that. Ghost Inside would be at the top. Yep. You'd have to say they'd be at the top. But if you're going to go the A Day to Remember route or a band like that, they'd probably be... I'd I'd say top three. Top three to five. And um, they could play a night slot before the headline act and everyone would probably go to see them that knows their songs. It'd be... Uh, it'd after be hearing pretty emotional as well. Yeah, it would. It'd be very like, moving. <laughs> some songs have a lot better, like a lot bigger meaning. Like I remember now, since it's happened, for some reason, the, the line from the song "Mercy" off their last album, yep. life, "Life Swinging Hard," but I swing, I'm swinging harder. Is just it means so much more now. And I, oh yeah. And I'm someone who doesn't really get too caught up with lyrics a lot of the time, but yep. that for some reason just gets six. Yeah, yeah six it's something them. that I when I listen to, I always get goosebumps. And I'm always just like, you know, because of everything that's happened. Yeah, we'll move on from that because you know predictions will come. Tours coming up. We've got, you know, there's a few we tours do. coming up. Um, yeah, what are we looking at? Well, I'm really, really excited for this band. Haven't bought a ticket yet, but Royal Blood. Uh, I think that's going to be the rock show of the year in Australia. I think that's going to be huge. At the moment, they are hot. They are one of the biggest bands going around the world at the moment, and I think that's going to be sensational. But in, another couple of tour announcements. Rise Against, who sit atop my <laughs> list of favorite bands of all time. They are still. They are still there. They are still there. They, they, their album was semi-decent, and we'll talk about them in a second. But Motionless and White, another band. Northland announced another tour. So plenty of acts there coming in, coming onto our waters, obviously Northland Australian. But um, I, I'd love to see Motionless and White. Their new album's not bad. I, I actually think I might do a review for that for you, but I actually didn't mind their album. I, I yep. thought it was pretty pretty good. But um, Royal Blood, the big one there, I, I think that's going to be a huge show. I think it's going to sell out, and I think... That'd be really, really good to see because they've come from nowhere. They're they're a band who you know when you get an endorsement, and I'm not a massive fan of Dave Grohl, but when you get an endorsement from Dave Grohl, it does set you up for good things, doesn't it? And like yeah, big time, yeah. And this is a band, two piece band for those who don't know, yeah. And they're not a novelty two piece, and that's the thing. I look at and 
you know, this might sound mean, but I look at the White Stripes and I go, they were a great band, but they were a novelty band. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of it was seeing, you know, two people that were related or sisters or cousins or partners. I don't know. <laughs> that, that, there was a lot of rumours with that as well. <laughs> some incest people. I don't oh, know. Oh, jeez. Um, so, but they were like, you know, I always found them as like kind of, they had some great songs, but they were a bit more of a novelty act. Yep. Royal Blood are just a balls out great band. They are. And They've like, just got band, some banging songs. I, yeah, I think they're a band who kind of can transcend from that heavy genre and like people can really appreciate them. Yep. When a Royal Blood comes song comes on in the radio, I listen to it or I turn it up. Like yeah, when, when most other songs come on, I'll probably switch over to a podcast or, a, or my iPod. Well, I'll actually, I'll, I'll cut in on you then, Nick, because actually they're one of these bands... A lot of people are like controversial, decisive amongst friends, like with bands, like it's on opinion, but they they kind of transcend that. They're one of those bands that have actually split the mold where like everyone doesn't, I haven't heard people say bad things about Royal Blood, to be honest. Yeah. Like they'll come on the radio and everyone will be like, oh yeah, cool song, cool yeah. riff, cool, cool thing. Like very few bands have done that. And like Triple M, which is probably a, a novelty station in Australia and Melbourne that we listen to, but... They pump these guys and lights out. I reckon it's the best rock song of the year, and I'm all over them. So yeah. I'm really, really keen to check them out if I can get a ticket. Uh, well, you, you were talking about Rise Against before. Yep. How much has their demand dropped? Oh, big time. From I, I remember maybe it's because we were teenagers and really excited to see them. But Festival Hall, I think it was 2010, 11, 11 or twelve. It's twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah. twenty eleven or twelve. It was. I remember having a few frothies on the way in, and um, one of our good mates was there too, and. That was a big night. That was a, <laughs> it was a fantastic night. One of it. Oh, the first time I saw them was one of the the last big day outs. I think it was two thousand and ten. Yeah, two thousand and ten. Yeah, two thousand and ten. They played and they came out and opened with Collapse, and I was in love. So like I, I I'd never really moshed in and done stuff like that. But jumping around to these guys, I, I, still that's why they're my favorite band. I've never gone to a gig and been that pumped up and energized and yeah, just keen like i was keen going in but after that i'm just like these guys are on another level like, and like yeah we've watched their documentary and they talk about when they were kids coming up going to punk shows and rock shows and moshing and having fun like we do they said they were, i forgot forget the band now but they actually said they try and emulate that band live every night to try and say look we're gonna go out there and kick ass every night and they're a band that does that but after endgame which was released in 2012 i believe yeah something like that yeah 2012 that that was a really, really good album. It had a couple of like really, really standout songs, particularly Make It Stop, which played on, I reckon, radio airwaves all around the world and really yeah. like plateaued them into another level. They, they they really were popular then and they toured a couple... Oh, might have been a year later with the Foo Fighters in Australia and yep. jumped on that. And a lot of people went to see Rise Against and Foo Fighters are probably in the top three biggest bands in the world yeah, and still are now. And people were going to see Rise Against. So yeah. like... I reckon that was probably their peak where they were, but since then they released the black market. Didn't really have any appeal, like like with singles wise and just like quality. It was just a really bland kind of album, and I know I was really disappointed with it. I was really amped to listen to it, and since then they've released another album, which is okay. I've listened to it a few times. It, it's it's grown on me a bit, but hasn't got that. Doesn't I don't have know. That punch. Yeah, it doesn't have that punch anymore, and. They're a little bit older. Then they don't want to sing about the same things, and we're we're older too. But I, I think the demand, especially in Melbourne, I don't think they could sell that festival all again. I can tell you that right now. Well, that, they're playing Margaret Court, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, I think oh, they're playing. Oh, yeah, so they're going big. Well, I, I think they'll struggle. If Bring Me the Horizon struggled the night we went to see him, that was our second night. Remember? Oh, true. But 
I think they'll struggle to sell it out. Yeah, they played, where they're at now. They played Market Court coming off of uh, the black market when they played last time, and I went to that. Yep. I don't think I was sold out. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Um, and they were bigger then than they are. Yeah, now, it seems, especially in Australia. It seems that way. I haven't really heard any of their songs being played on the radio. That being said, I don't listen to radio, so I can't, can't really comment too much. Haven't listened to the album too much, but it just seems like they're a band. Maybe with our old age, I'm sounding a bit old, but they have kind of dropped off a little bit. They've kind yeah. of they don't have that kind of um, yeah, as I said, punch, or they just don't have that ability to kind of rev me up anymore like they used to and their yeah. old songs still do they're like that's the feat their old yeah. songs still rev me up whether that's nostalgia or not yep but um yeah other than that you know was, um Northland Northland got their own headliner they do yeah they toured I went to see them it was a regional tour wasn't it yeah it was one. a regional yep. tour coming off but their new album was out uh they played really they were a really great band the, you know, Northland are a fantastic live band you know didn't play a massive set I feel like they were kind of containing themselves just yep. for, maybe for this show I'm I said, you know, I said that in my uni assignment, because I did a review a band, so I reviewed Northland, and I said in that, I said, you know, they basically they're reserving themselves for their headline, their soon to be headline tour. And you're probably going to be proven right. Yeah, I hope yep. so. That's the thing. I hope that these guys come out because I think they only played ten or eleven songs, covered an hour, like you know, because yep. their songs do take a bit. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty big songs. Yeah. Um. So, I feel like I'm hoping that they come out and they play 15, 16 songs because they have the catalog now, man. They can do it. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> last time. time they played, they didn't play Masquerade, and like Masquerade's one. That's, that's one of your favorite songs. It's one of their biggest songs, yeah, one, it is. isn't it? Like yeah. they, they didn't play um, uh, what the fuck's that song? Impulse. They didn't play Impulse Ooh, either. That's like, a great a song. single as well. These are two singles that they you know should be playing. Well, there's two that will be played at the next. You'd gig. think so, yeah. yeah. And like, and even on their new album, like there was you know. A, you could argue what they're going to play. You'd never know what they're actually going to play. But they didn't play Renda or songs like that. Yeah, well, that's massive, that song. Yeah, so, like, you know, there are there is potential there. Uh, how many of those shows that we just said, those four shows, are we going to go to? Yeah. There's one standout. That's Royal Blood. Yep. You're thinking I about think, Rise Against? I think Rise Against is like a... <laughs> you hope for a cheap ticket. Because yeah, I yeah, think yeah. they're 100 bucks, for tic- 100 bucks for tickets. And mm. whilst they are my favourite band, you're probably listening and thinking you're a dickhead for not wanting to go. I just... Mate. I'm I can't excited. believe they're still your favourite band. To be fair, I know. You, every year you say I don't, they're like, not. I don't be... want to change though. Like, yeah, I, don't, I feel bad. You changing. have a lovely option at number two. I do, I do, but yeah, anyway. I'm so, I've been waiting for three years. Oh, yeah, well, okay, we're, we're gonna, not going to reveal that, but I've been waiting for three years. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. Um, this is a segment that comes from a Kanye West song. This is uh, a line from Jay Z, and the line is, "Would you rather be underpaid or overrated?" The the segment is called "Underpaid or Overrated." We're going to put a band in and we're going to argue each side of it. What yep. we think of that, if they're an under, basically underrated or overrated band. We're going to, we're going, you know, pretty Australian for this show. So we're going to keep that uh, going. We're going to go Ocean Grove. I think that... One of o- your favorites, Nick. I think Ocean Grove are a touch overrated. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, you would say, I'm guessing you would say they are underpaid. At the moment, yes. Okay. So what's your backing here? What's my backing here? Well, I just think after their album that... I thought their album would actually get them over with a lot more people. Like I was actually there the the night before they released the album, so I bought the album on the night and yeah. I listened to it on the way home. I don't know if I called you that night or not, but actually I think I did. You probably did. Yeah. Well, it was Ocean Grove, and I think they played with Amity. So yeah. And I like Ocean Grove. We've we've played a gig with them. We're lucky enough to do that early days, and their sound live to me is still just. I reckon they got the best sound guy going around like yeah. I, I watched them with Architects probably four months ago now Swanston Arrow and Swanston and yeah like a good little venue but their the sound was just unbelievable and I think if you can pull off really good sound live and like they're a really 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 good band 
I reckon that should appeal to a lot more people than what it has. And that album, like they released um, Lights On, Kind of Lover. You look on Spotify, I think it's actually had over a million million streams. I'll get that up in a second. But um, they're, they're one of those bands. I reckon in Australia, they, they we argued this, Polaris versus Ocean Grove at a, on, a, on a day. And I remember that. And I, I argued for Ocean Grove with, I think, the mainstream appeal of this album. But they haven't had a song transcend into triple m yet which i was really really surprised i honestly thought they'd get a song on there do you think that i think it's hurt them i do you think that ocean crow want to be on triple m like triple m is is now is now that station that i think people it's almost like a curse being on that for a lot of for a lot of bands especially australian bands because yo people don't listen to that people listen to triple j they'd rather be on that i think they've been getting a little bit of play on that i feel like a lot of their well how how many streams have they got sorry no eight hundred and seventy thousand on lights on so that's that's so six hundred thousand more than the next best it's a great argument because Lights on Time to Love it for me at it's least. It's a standout. I think it's by far their best, their most, uh, their best written song. Sorry, is just it a the one, way, the way. It's, pardon? Is it a one off? Well, that's the thing. It was a one off single, so it wasn't on their album. That's the thing. That's my argument because you look at these boys like fires. It's an average track. You look at Intimate mm. Alien. Oh, it was Intimate yeah, Intimate Alien, Alien the rap one. Alien. It's an average track. You know, there's a lot of tracks on their new album that sound like the rip off rip offs of other songs. There's a Silver Chair track, Silver Chair. A Marilyn Manson track. Yeah, you know, there's just uh, there's tracks that just sound like they're trying to be someone else. I've got and that's nothing, what I was confused with. Yeah, I've got nothing wrong with the album itself, and but I feel like you know Ocean Grover at a stage, as I said earlier, that you get to a stage and ban- people won't talk trash about you until you get to a certain level. Yeah, and I think that Ocean Grover at that stage right now, where you know people are too scared to say something bad about them because they're not big enough to really like because yep. you know like the diehard OG fans are just going to fucking go absolute ape shit at them yeah. and you know, I'm a big fan of these, this band although I will argue you said about the sound I thought they were, their sound at Unifier this year was trash I thought oh, they I, had I think it's, the worst sound of the day it's I was, difficult yeah it was, a diffi- it was difficult at Unifier but it was just was, as that the the wet, day, was that the wet day? it was the first day most yeah. of the sound was pretty trash until Every time I die, every time I die was the let first Lip was really poor. Yeah, like, we couldn't was, even hear Jason that yeah, night. Let Lip was awful. Like sound wise was awful. Let, and then every time I die was really good because they're much more of like they don't have too much effects on them. Yeah, they're, they don't they're care. The it's balls just, out band. Yeah, yeah. And then Northlane were really good. Northlane had a fantastic they sound. Did, and then the yeah. next day, all the sound was fantastic. Yeah, all the sound was turned up as well. They yeah. turned everything up. But yeah, Ocean Grove. I just feel like they're a band who everybody thinks are the, like, the absolute best thing in the in the scene right now. But I just think there's so many better bands. Yep. And as you said, you, yep. you you've killed your own argument by saying Polaris are the number two band in Australia at the start of the show. It's true. <laughs> but like but and this I, was six months ago. And when I we will. This. I will give. Yeah, true. Uh, we will give Ocean Grove a great great singers. Both of them clean singers, incredible. Yeah, the really yep. good live band. I just like you know, they need that kind of. Not breakout song, but they just need a few more bangers to their catalogue. Because well, now they're just playing songs off Intimate Alien, and it's not the best album. Yeah, the Rhapsody the tapes, yeah. They, did they play Blood last time you saw them? Blued, no. Blood, blood, uh, um, backbone? Did they play Backbone? They played literally the, the Architect set. was Every single song was off the Rhapsody tapes. And then, but the one song on the EP that I don't know the name of that they do clean singing on, and it wasn't Blued. And, then, uh, and they, they played, played Lights On, on sorry. Yeah, they yeah, played Lights On, because that's, yeah. that's their... People know them for that song now. That's been the one song where everyone knows. It's, it's like for good reason. Growth. It's their best song. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's by far the best song. And their second best song is Blood. 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 What is it called? Blood. It's Blood. And that's easily the, their that's second best banger. song. Backbone is... I don't know why they wouldn't play Backbone. They're going for a fucking minute. And it's an absolute anthem for kids. Like, have you it seen is. that song live? Everybody it's, goes stupid it's great. for a song that goes for a minute and yeah. 10 seconds. And most of it's fucking just distortion and nothing. 
like it's just it's an easy song you could play to get the crowd going it just I, I feel I know what they're doing they're promoting their new album and I understand why they're doing it but to me at least it seems like they're just they're shying away from what they used to be I actually think they're confused of what they want to be I don't think they've got a sound Nick honestly I, I, I know I'm saying they're underpaid and underrated but like I don't think I, I think they found a sound with lights on kind of lover that they have not delivered on in this album because I feel in this album they've all got different influences and you can tell they talked about it in their interviews before the album was launched each of the members in the band got a chance to have their influences coming out in this album which is yeah. really cool but like bands when they become really good bands and elite bands it happens when they find a sound and these guys on this album if you compare it to the EP a lot of people are confused as the singer on the EP screamed probably what 90, 90% of the album like the, yeah the EP? Every, what, uh, on Black Label on Black Label yeah everything but the chorus a couple of choruses and, and that's what I mean and the chorus has stood out to the point where now on this new album he sings probably 30 to 40% now, yeah. the, the backup singer. And he's got a great voice. We both love his voice. But are they going towards the rock sound, which is what I'm saying, transcending to Triple M, over trying to be like, keep their mainstream audience from back in the day when they're hardcore, yeah. in your face, yeah. balls out backbone, big songs, big breakdowns, awesome drums, great sound. But yeah, yeah I, I mellowed, understand it. it's mellowed. And like, do they go back to their roots? On the next album, or do they continue on this path? Okay, I don't so know what they're gonna. I think they're at actually a little bit of a. They have they yeah. have come out and said that their genre is like Odd World, and they got in like Metal Hammer. They were like on the front cover, not like yep. them, but like they had a side thing being like mod, like this band who's taking over the world or something like that. That's pretty cool. Which is really a huge endorsement, and I do think this band are gonna grow. They sold out the Corner Hotel, which is a great. That's, that's a great venue. Yeah, fantastic venue, fantastic. That's a effort. dream come true for them, yeah, especially 100%. being Melbourne boys. That's sensational. Like you know, when you start as a band, your first being well back in the day at least first thing get your band into JB Hi-Fi they've achieved that that was the best they thing have. Have, I don't know if they've got their own section but if you once they get their own Ocean Grove tag above their fucking CDs then that's when they've made it completely 90% and sure they one do of the other things is that the Corner Hotel that's the other one you want to play that venue because it's such an iconic venue it's such it's in Melbourne at least it's, such, it's, it's small venue. it's intimate it's yeah. just it's yeah. got a big pole in the middle you can try and fucking take it down every, oh. band, every band thinks they're going to knock the pole down but no one ever does it's bullshit but you know like Great band, and I want to see him. I want to see him perform because I actually haven't seen them perform off their new album. To be fair, like besides, oh, okay. yep. besides on at Unify where they played a few songs, but yeah. I thought their new songs didn't come over as well as what maybe it was the sound. Maybe it was a bit of. I think maybe I was a bit off them at the time as well. But you know, like I remember Intermalian coming on. I was just like, mm, this is not very good. Yeah, like, I'm still not a fan of that song. But there is one track that I really do like on the album. And it is Mr. Centipede. Which I showed you. Yeah, that is okay, that is a good track. I think Beers is a really good track. Beers is a good track. Um, I don't mind the Marilyn Manson track, even though I yeah, I, yeah, I, I said that. that before. Manson into in, into the um the song. What I about like, uh, what about their new single? They got Stratos- Stratosphere Love. I think it's called. Yeah, it's it's good, but um, just another odd song. But like you say, they're an odd band and they're an, they're an odd style. So like, if this is their new style, good luck to them. Props to them, and like, I think they are underrated because in that, if they are going to continue with this, like sound that they have I love rock music so I think it's a progression towards rock rather than staying hardcore slash metal so and if they're going to keep going down this route I think their actual broad audience can improve 
Yeah, maybe they're trying to get that balance between. They're trying That's to find the thing. that right. Do they sell out and go full on rock, or do they try and maintain that hardcore scene kind of? Backing? I thought. See, I thought their choruses and that from their previous work or like, you know, look at Lights on Kind of Love. I thought that's a perfect song to base your future it music on. Because it's balance. such a big chorus yeah. and it's such like, it's such a sing, like everyone sings along to that. It's, it gets stuck in your head so easy. I love trying to sing like that because it sounds like it's easy to sing like. It's not. It's very it's difficult. It's not. The guy's a gun. Um, and you know, like we're saying, I'm saying all this, but we've named the show The Backbone and that's, yeah, well, <laughs> we've named the show. That's, that's testament to after, Ocean Grove. But uh, we've named We that, do like, love you boys. One of, their, one of their older songs to be fair. But like, yeah, I, what, so what we're going to do is we're going to um, take a little bit of a break. I want to get a new Wild Turkey. Um, we're going to come back and because of recent events with uh, Chester Bennington, we're going to come back and just talk about Linkin Park and I guess their influence, and yeah, their influence, their influence over on us and, on us and music yeah. as well. And you know, I think it's a cool thing to talk about. This is The Backbone, and this is Nathan talking to you, and we're going to be talking about one of both of our favorite bands and biggest influences growing up in music, and their name is Linkin Park, and obviously tragic circumstances um, last week. I remember calling you on the way to work. You hadn't found out yet. Yeah, I was... Um, a bit of a shock to you, I It think. was, yeah. I got a, a call, and yeah, and you said, oh, did you check my message? And I didn't at the time. I, was, I think I was asleep, actually. Yeah, you were. I woke you up. Yeah, um... And yeah, that was it was pretty shocking news. Like, you know, it's something that's yeah, we won't get into too much of this. No, nah, we won't. That, but, but you know, looking back now and everything like that, do you have a like a Lincoln Park story or anything like that? Like, how did you start listening to them? Because I feel like you know they're one of those bands that everybody knows a yeah, song of theirs. And oh like, yeah. You look at their Facebook and they've got like sixty three million. I think yeah, they're like by far the biggest band. Like, oh yeah. That I like at least on Facebook. Yeah. Because everybody knows a song by them. Oh, big time! And like you know, they all have these kind of like almost memories with them, I guess. And like, so, what's your story? Do you have one? Yeah, well, it's interesting. So, as kids, you grow up. I, I still remember listening to or growing up and waking up on a Saturday morning, and I think it was Channel Ten had the the music hits show. And my actual yeah. earliest memory of these blokes was the In the End video, that big statue thing. So, and Chester with these spiky hair and. You know, like they, they're just so young, and like you look back at that video and you think, "What the hell? It like, what, so what kind cringy. of what kind of era were we in?" But like growing yeah. up, any bloke, any chick that's listened to Hybrid Theory and Meteora, there's a reason every single fan of Linkin Park goes and says, "Why did they change? They had this sound." But we spoke about it. I'm pretty sure earlier in the show, bands change. You grow up. We've grown up. We we're angry people when we go to gigs now people shit us Th- things annoy us and they were singing like it's very you, you actually go back and listen to the, the lyrics in a lot of their songs and after what's happened not to talk about it again but it hits home like you actually you, you can connect a few dots oh, on that. big time like you talked about Ghost Inside with Mercy like you can listen to any early Linkin Park song or anyone if you listen to their recent album even the lyrics are very like a bit daunting now but we are going to talk about the good things and probably besides that on early morning Australian TV, I remember my cousin, we were playing tennis and we um we had a game and he actually ended up losing and he ended up cracking the, the sads and went to the car and he had a, a copy of the Jay-Z and Linkin Park. Yeah, yeah. Numb. And 
I listened to that, and then he put on Meteora. So it was actually it was Meteora first, but um, I remember I, I knew Numb, like it'd been on the radio, it'd been yeah. every, everyone, like, everyone knew it, and I listen to listen to Meteora, and I'm just thinking, wow, like why haven't I been listening to, to these guys more? Yeah, and like you look back now, and like what's your earliest memory with Lincoln Park? I I remember mine pretty clearly for some reason. Um, I remember my dad used to go over to a mate's place, and it was always on a Sunday night. Like yep. every month or so, we go there on a Sunday. Uh, we went over there one one Sunday, and you know it was getting late. I was tired. I think I was like, I'm gonna say I was about seven or eight. Um, well, I was about eight years old, I reckon. Yep. And um, the guy put on a DVD for me. And it was Lincoln Park live in Texas. And I just remember the first song coming on and just the way they opened up. And it was Don't Stay. They opened up nice. with that song and just that riff and just seeing the whole crowd bounce. I think it was the first time I ever really experienced what the hell a mosh pit or anything like yeah. that was. And to like, you know, I just remember the sound being so good. It was so well done, that DVD. I still think it's one of the best that is, DVDs that's awesome. ever. Like, it's so good. And if anybody, especially for like... Those two albums, you know, it's just a best of compilation. Yeah, yeah and to think that they toured with, I think it was Limp Biscuit and Metallica headline that show. <laughs> yeah, and they're doing a DVD and they're one of the support acts. Yeah. Like they've got they've got Numb and they've got In the End and like that, they're two massive songs and they're playing these like a massive show. Yeah, and like I remember like after that, I think I might have forgotten about. it. I remember like it being really good, but I remember forgetting the name or something like that. Yeah. Later yeah. on, I do, uh, like gained this distaste for rap music. I think maybe because mm-hmm. my parents or something like that. Like I just. You know, I'm I'm young. I'm impressionable. Someone says something's bad. I think it's bad. You know how it is, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I remember my dad ending up. Uh, he went to the store into a JB, or it might have even been a, a what's the other one called Sanity. Sanity. Yeah, yep, he went into yep, yep. Sanity and got uh, Lincoln Park minutes to midnight. And I remember him bringing it in, and I was like, was and Lincoln Park, and I was just like. I was like, what, what are you bringing this rap crap into? I remember saying that. I remember like, why are you bringing this rap? And then Given Up was the first like real track on that song. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? And then Bleed It Screaming. Out came on. And then Bleed It Out came on. Yep. And I was just like, this is like the best thing ever. Yeah, I remember awesome. going home, <laughs> downloading, you know, like giving my computer age to get every fucking Lincoln Park <laughs> yeah. album prior to that. Yep. And um, it was just like something that like instantly I was just back on it. And I just yep. remember being like, I remember hearing these fucking songs. And then I saw they released a DVD because I used to always go on Wikipedia pages and that <laughs> back when they were like a, a decent thing to go on now you just go on Facebook yeah like, 100% yeah. and uh, like seeing that they did live in Texas and I bought that straight away yeah, and I was just like too. it was just you know one of those bands that kind of kickstarted, I guess maybe that part of my musical taste kind of like let, let me into that rap kind of world and also let me into the heavier stuff because before that I think that would have been the first band that I ever listened to that had any sort of scream in it I was about to say that they're the introductory band to any kid listening to screaming they, they, they were mine and probably a dad remembers the other one now the kids would get into now. Would get into now because they could transcend with both the clean stuff and the heavy stuff. But Lincoln Park have the perfect crossover. Like Chess has got such a good clean voice, but he scream. Like I was watching the O One Rock M Ring, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, the other night, and One Step Closer, it's huge. Yeah, like you just you look at those guys and like the guitarist and how good, it, like how crystal clear the sound was, and like how good his voice. And you know, like. I know Shinoda, like Shinoda cops a lot of crap for rapping and like, like with everything, but that bloke has such a good voice for yeah. like rap. Like it's just they had so, they had the perfect balance, Nick. Like they had the 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 like the DJ was just so good, so different. It was just a different like it was refreshing. Like it was new battle, but it was refreshing. Like it was something yeah. different at the time, and like they transcended. They they've gone into the masses and they've stayed cool. 
yeah. people like it's cool to say you like Lincoln Park. Yeah, it is, and I I remember like you know once you kind of get older and you start to listen to more music, and I remember kind of watching DVDs and like kind of studying kind of the new metal scene and how it burst yep. onto, and you see like the bands like Corn. Limp Biscuit, yep. Deftones kind of get chucked into that round, and even sometimes Rage Against Machine. Yeah. And like they, those two, the Deftones and Rage can kind of be cut either way. But yeah, you know, and I remember like people going, and then it all changed with Linkin Park. And I, I, you know, I really appreciate Corn, they're a fantastic band. Limp Biscuit are amazing, one of the best bands I've seen live. And Rage Against Machine are, are yeah, incredible. Deftones, Deftones are incredible in that. Yeah. But Linkin Park will always, to me, be the first band. And that's the thing. Like they were always, like, I can never not like them because, you know, as a kid, you know, they just kind of, they had that thing with me. They stay with me. And, you know, just like any band, like uh, there's bands, you know, bands you grow up with, you just have this kind of nostalgia trip with every time yep. you listen to them. And it kind of takes you back to that moment. Or a feeling. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yep. Take, it takes you back. Like, and it's just a really, it's something that's very hard to explain to people who don't appreciate music. Big time. And yeah, it's really funny you say that with a memory and a feeling. Like most, most things with music, like you might be struggling with someone, like a lot of people struggle with depression or anxiety or personal issues at home or at the workplace, at school, whatever it is. But music is that one constant thing where a lot of people say it, like it, it saves them. Like you, you can go away, you can listen to an album. You don't have to talk to anyone. You can just listen to the lyrics. You can feel like you, you invest yourself in, inside that album. And Linkin Park's done that with so many people. Like you say, 63 million likes on Facebook. They started in '99. Facebook wasn't around in '99. You know what I mean? So yeah, like- it, exactly. It shows how much they've done since the Facebook era has actually come out. Still, because like, you know, like, I don't, I don't like every band that's in my fucking iTunes. I don't, <laughs> I don't scroll down my iPod and be like, 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 like on yep. Facebook. Like, yeah. So for somebody to do that, they must be somewhat pretty rele- damn good. relevant. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Yeah. yeah, big time. But um, okay, so. We said all the good, like, yo, do you have a favorite album, by the way, and favorite song? A Hybrid Theory and Place in My Head is number one, but One Step Close is a pretty damn close second. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. You? Um, You're, you were always Meteor. Yeah, I was always Meteor guy. Yeah. Uh, I liked Don't Stay because it was the first song I ever heard, and Figaro yeah. 09 was always something that that always I always thought was so underrated. I just love that song for some reason. Do we get into Faint? Oh, faint. No, don't worry about okay, that. Okay, no, well, okay. Well, we'll get we'll get into that a bit later. Okay, so they, I feel like Linkin Park then, you know, with Minutes to Midnight was like one of the best transitional albums. Because, yeah, you know, like, cool. it's funny to look, like, look at bands. You look back at bands and you kind of, you, you pinpoint the moment where they're about to go commercial. Yep. And it sounds mean, but like, I look at that and I look at, I look at, I'm sorry, Minutes to Midnight by Linkin Park. I look at Resistance by Muse. I yep. look at yep. Sip Eternal by Bring Me. Like these are all great albums in their own right, but you could tell that that's where it's going to tip over, and you yep. could tell that's when they're starting to really experiment with other sounds. Minister Midnight to me is one of the best one of those albums. Yeah, you know, it has some just banger tracks on there. What do you think of like when you look back at that album? Do you like you, do you look back at that fondly? And what do you think about everything that came after that? Well, the the thing with them, I actually think their first two albums were that big that they were already in the mainstream as it was. So like, yeah, they were. So like anything they were going to do after that. People are always going to try and bring them down and because they're so experimental. They got so many good musicians in that band. They didn't want to be boring. And like Chester, actually, I, I watched one of the, the the tribute videos. They they said, well, his words, Nick. Every album we pretended that this was our first album. Okay, yep. So like, I, I thought that was that really stood out to me. I'm like, that that's really interesting to to hear that because like, obviously, <laughs> Hybrid Theory and Meteora are so so good and they're very similar in their styles, but reinventing themselves with Meteor, uh, with our um, Minister Midnight. Like like you say, it has the heavy stuff for the, 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 the hybrid theory fans. It's got 
the newer stuff, so the radio-friendly stuff, they started becoming tracks on movies with Transformers. Yeah, like yeah. They released New Divide, which is... I, I really like that song. I love that song. And that took them to a... Like, they were already huge, but like that, that kept them there, kept them relevant. And then... What's the what's the fourth album? I couldn't even tell you. I've never listened to it. Is that the one with the Catalyst? Uh, Thousand Sons? Could not tell you one... Thousand Sons, yeah. One... Uh, I've listened to one song, The Catalyst, and I like it, but I could not tell you any other, uh, anything else. Yeah. And then I remember arguing with you, like, after that, they released Living Things. And, like, I said, mate, there's no guitar. And you're like, there is guitar. I'm like, <laughs> mate. And then with the, um, the Hunting Party, I called you the minute that I heard the first Keys song? of the Kingdom. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, they're, they're back. back. <laughs> they're- the rest of the album is a bit so so. Yeah, it is. But, like... Uh, I was just so happy to just hear the guitars and like the angst again. And I was just like, the song with the system guitarist was fit. Rebellion. Like, that's my favorite song on that album, but they've reinvented themselves. They've stayed relevant for 18 years. Like they caused a lot of controversy with the new album. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're like, that's the thing. Like no matter what they do, they can never please everyone. So they do things for themselves and good on them for doing that. They've actually stayed relevant and stayed popular whilst doing that. And like now people are going to look back on, the great songs and like you look at the like the when they've changed and you can actually look at it differently now So like i'm actually i've listened to the the new album after recent after recently what's happened and i actually like you look at it differently you look at everything differently so like it's actually like it's so sad but like for them to be so good like where do they go now like it's impossible to replace a, a singer like chester and he's such an integral member of that band like he was like the face like yeah. You look at Linkin Park, you look at him, and it's just like, eh, like, it was just so good, but... How much does that make you appreciate seeing them live? Oh, massively. We were so lucky to see them. Yeah, like, that was something that, you know, if yeah. we didn't buy tickets to that, because, so I was at the scene, it was Soundwave 13, yep. and they did a sideshow with Stone Sour, they fell on... What, what what we would do for Soundwave, we would go to as many shows as we could in between this, like, you know, in many side shows as we could. There'd be times where we'd have side shows on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the Soundwave on the Friday. And it'd be just chaos. You know, Billy Talent Sum 41 the night before, was Yeah, it? exactly, yeah. And I remember wanting to go to a periphery and crossfade for one of those nights. So it would clash on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think of, like, you know, so you have that, and I remember, like, we thought about going, and we said, yeah, we'll do it. We went to it, and... Luckily, we did because they, we didn't know that the 2013 stages were going to be so far apart. Yeah, they were like 100 metres apart in Melbourne, for those who didn't know. I have a massive regret on that. Yeah, yep. but like, you know, like how, like, because if we didn't do that, you wouldn't have seen, you might not have seen Linkin Park. That's exactly right. I wouldn't have seen them. And then that would have been it. And like, you know, so does that make you appreciate it a bit more? Oh, like, big time. Like, plus, we saw a full set. Like, yeah, and that's a, it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, And you've got to think now. how close we look. It, we walked right up and we were fourth from the front, like the yeah. fourth row from the front. We were so close to the action and seeing them live, like <laughs> we touched Corey Taylor, like he was the yeah, yeah. Stone Sour. Like we, we went up and grabbed him and then like seeing Lincoln Park in the flesh, like it was a little bit surreal because like they're like you build them up, you're like you, you talk about your favorite bands, yeah, Lincoln Park, Lincoln Park. You've seen the live DVDs, like you listen to all their songs. Like you go into people's phones and like Lincoln Park don't have three or four songs. Yeah. People have twenty plus Lincoln Park songs yeah. on their phone. Like I've I've got sixty. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They're one of those bands that you like numb and in the end, somewhere I belong. Massive songs, bleed it out. What I've done, but like, they got so much more than that. They're yeah. one of those bands with the catalogue. It's just massive, and like seeing them live, like you say, it was just 
unbelievable. And you just appreciate it now. Yeah, after, especially appreciate yeah. it a lot more. Do you think that, you know, how much do you think they've influenced other bands? And oh, when I guess, I guess when, you know, you look at the most, inf- I think probably the most influential they have been to is probably Bring Me the Horizon. They're yeah. a band who, have, and they've come out and said many times that we just want to be like Linkin Park. Like, yeah. And Particularly their new stuff. Yeah. Like, and you know, you look at a song like Throne and it looks like, I remember my dad, like, yeah, I remember showing it to my dad and he was just like, sounds like Linkin Park. And he's yep. very good at picking up he on is, those things. He's. Like, <laughs> scarily good at like picking up, like, that sounds like that band, that sounds like that band. And like, he straight away said it sounds like Linkin Park. Do you, what other influence do you reckon these guys have had in terms of like, you know, in terms of other bands? And you know, even future bands, because you know, yep. people like our age, like, there's bands who are going to come up from now. Oh, yeah. And they're probably going to have a huge influence by bands like Linkin Park. Well, the thing is, like, there's not a lot of copycat bands for Linkin Park because they're so unique with what they do with the DJ, with the the, the proper rapper, the clean singing, screaming. Like, there's not a lot of bands that copy them, but like you say, drawing influence from that. So, like, like you say with Bring Me the Horizon, you can say, like, even bands, like, we've talked about Cross Faith, While She Sleeps, like, certain elements like the the live thing like Linkin Park have always been high energy so like you go to a Linkin Park concert you're going to jump around you're going to have fun so like you look at bands that try and trans that transcend that into their music like the live side of things I think that's a a big thing that they've done and like whilst also like they're being popular while staying cool like I, I say cool like you you probably think that's cliche but like a lot of bands that are popular like people are like oh yeah but no they, they're crap like, yeah. it, like Linkin Park have feet to stand on in like any argument that you say. It's like, well, you don't like it? Go back and listen to Hybrid Theory. Like, you think they're soft? You think they're poppy? Like, go back and listen to this. Go back and listen to that. And like, it's perfect. Like the Bring the Horizon thing. Like with reinventing themselves, doing new sounds with their album with the, the like the um the kind of DJ guy, like great singing. But um. You can you can even yeah. hear in Ollie's voice now. You like yeah, he tries to copy a little bit. <laughs> it just sounds like, but now it's, it's even more apparent. Yeah, like that you could like adhere, and it's not that's not a knock on him, but it's just like it just shows the influence that he's actually had. Because yeah. I never really, I never really saw. I knew they had influence to him. It was yep. pretty obvious to tell that, but I never really saw Ollie being like influenced by Chester. Now I listen to him, and I'm like, okay, watch like, his mannerisms live. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, the, 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 like the going down the screen. Sta- yeah, yeah, the state like stage he has presence. that kind of sta- yeah. the stadium rock band kind of presence to him. That, I think that he's probably you know, borrowed a bit from Chester and other bands, of course. But yeah, like, you know, before we head off, is there any final kind of things, any final memories or anything like that you got? Oh, the, the, the icing on the cake was us getting to see them live together. That was, that was a really, that's the big one for me, but also like, it's, it's extremely sad, but it's also really nice to go back now and appreciate everything that they've done in the music thing. Like 18 years is a massive like deal in the music industry to be able to survive that long and stay relevant. Like a lot of people have their 30 seconds of fame and they flash, flash in and flash out, but they've managed to release seven albums now. I think it is. And I just, I, I'm going to have fond memories. Like I'm always going to be happy to say I'm a Lincoln Park fan. After what do all. you, what do you think their legacy is going to be? How long, how long are we going to be remembering Lincoln Park for? Do I you think, think for a very, do you think like it's going to be yeah. kind of like a generations thing? Oh, big time. What well, like, <laughs> Like, you look back at, at, at great bands over the test of time, like, the Guns N' Roses, like, they had the split with Slash, but they stayed relevant this length of time. Like, they were that big that they've managed to stay popular. Metallica, like, everyone says, oh, everything bar the Black Album, like, since then, it's been crap. Yeah. Why do people still talk about Metallica? Because they're the biggest metal band of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're going to transcend people, and people are going to talk about them forever. I think Linkin Park, with all the changes, all the, all the like, the, the things that have come out and said... 
like the the unique style like it is new metal but like it was a fresh take on it like it was, it was something cool and new and upbeat and i think people will be talking about them in 50 years time and looking back and saying angle with these guys yeah you know I, mean? I, I do i definitely i completely agree i think that they're gonna be a band that you know especially you know 10 20 30 years time you're gonna chuck on a song like in the end and everybody's gonna say it starts wow. with one you know it starts everyone's gonna say it just like he used to like chester we used to say like you know sing it with mike and all that like you know it start everyone sing it with him and it's you know they do they have these choruses they had these moments, Big moments yeah. and these songs and you know it's just yeah it's sad it's very sad to see it go like kind of all stop and like it's kind of one of those things you don't know what you got until it's gone Oh, well, it, like it is like you know, we it did, is now. Yeah, how much? Yeah. Do, how much more do we appreciate Linkin Park now than two weeks ago? Oh, big time! And like it's you know, it's a it's a grim way of looking at it, but it is a, one way you can. The music's going to be celebrated now, rather than people bag it. Yeah, you oh, hopefully God, I, God, I hope or like so. I, I know their their the new album's like really poppy and really different, but like I actually encourage people to go out and have a listen to it because it's almost him telling a story. Like, like as sad as it is and confronting as that is, like, you listen to the lyrics and that, something to learn for everyone. Like, uh, everyone's got people where you, there's always someone to, you, you can talk to. Like, it, if you're struggling with anything, like, don't be afraid to reach out to a mate, like, a, a family member, or like, what, whoever it is. Like, it's just sad to think of what he could have been thinking. But you're going to look back now, like, when Coco Bain died, Nirvana's, look, 26 years after Nevermind, that's still... <laughs> One of the biggest albums of all time. I yeah. think in fifty years' time, people are going to be talking about Meteor and Hybrid Theory like we are now. It's they're just beloved albums, and they're going to be they're going to look back in rock history, and they're going to be their pioneers. So good on them, and we love them. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the first episode of The Backbone. If you like what you hear, subscribe. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, we've got Close to the Sun. Every second Friday, we have the Total Nine Premier League podcast. Uh, Leave us a review, leave us some comments, give us some feedback. Thank you very much for listening, guys.